Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hello, welcome to Talking Transfers from the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by 90 Min's transfer correspondent, Graham Bailey, and 90 Min head of UK content, Toby Cudworth, after, or the week after, the transfer window has closed for the summer of 2022. It's been a nice time to put the feet up a little bit for a few days, I guess, at least. Graham, how, how has it been since the closure of the transfer window for you? How does it work uh, when everything closes and we have a few months till the next one? Yeah, not really. I was doing obviously the Chelsea contract starting the Friday with Reese James, etc. So literally straight back at it. Um, I had Sunday off um, this week, which wasn't great. I ended doing DIY all day, so I'd rather be back talking transfer. What did you? What did you? Uh, what did you put up? Um, we converted our playroom into a TV room where I watched Middlesbrough's Witties Weird Derby success last night. So very happy indeed today watching that win in my new TV room. <laughs> Wins for Borough, wins for Man United, loss for West Ham at Chelsea, Toby, in, uh, Hmm. oh, weird circumstances. Yeah. Do we call that a win for referees or poor referees? We shouldn't have lost the game anyway. And Chelsea were absolutely awful for the first hour. I think we've got them on the agenda today, but West Ham were in that kind of mode where they didn't actually take the game to Chelsea until an hour had gone. And as soon as they did, scored a goal but then contrive to uh, concede to and then have a goal chalked off for reasons we won't get into. <laughs> yeah, that VAR debate is uh, it's done to death. Transfers are also done to death as well, but uh, you might be thinking, why are these guys back? The transfer window just closed. We're not going to have any transfers until January. But it never stops, does it? We'll, um, we'll maybe take a different direction over the next few weeks. We'll look back at things that maybe haven't happened yet things that could happen in january or next summer we'll talk uh players who could be on the agenda and dominating the headlines over the next few weeks and months do we include well. managers in this transfer front scott because well, it, it, it is in my my opening spiel oh, I've okay. since Sorry, scott. Yeah, I was, I was, so we yeah. we can if you want because the managerial merry-go-round is something that um we've had a good record with and that him in last 12 months obviously we didn't think one would have fallen by the wayside just yet obviously scott has but when we went when toby was talking chelsea 
there have been moments about two. Well, you, you think Chelsea are coming third in the league still, don't you? I think they've got the third best squad, yeah, and I do think they will. I, I like Thomas Tuchel, but I think you know we've got to remember Todd Burley here is is just taking over the club. We've been a big fan of his. Um, he's created a lot of content for us <laughs> in the in the last few weeks. But you know, will at what point does he think he wants his own man in? And I'm sure Thomas Tuchel is thinking that he'll the pressure will be on. Remember, he is not Todd Burley's man as much as they are best buddies in getting on. It's it's a consideration. The only thing is, right, I look at the, the Tuchel situation and I look at the ch- the business Chelsea have done in transfer. They have, they have 20 central defenders. They, they, all they sign is defenders. All they try and sign is defenders. How many and, and, managers play back fives? And it is, too, it is too, that was on Tuchel's behest, as we understand it. So, yeah, Todd Bailey's going to say, well, he didn't get... Is it Diego Simeone's time to turn up at Chelsea? Oh, that'll be it. That, that won't be the last time we hear his name, is it? And... And and I love I, I'm almost looking I'm not doing Thomas Tuchel down whether it's this year next year the year after but when Todd Bailey does come to choose Chelsea's next manager I think it's going to be all sorts of fun. His advisor was saying you can't go of him why not? I, it's gonna, I would. It's, it's going to be great. <laughs> Chelsea have strengthened so much in defence because um, I think that says a lot about Thomas Tuchel's lack of faith in their midfield which is still pretty poor if you ask me. Um, was, was all it this, of them... weekend, this weekend where he was shouting at Conor Gallagher? Yes, or was it, was. Like, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I think everybody in that midfield is replaceable. Maybe minus Kovacic. If Kovacic was fit, um, he would probably be a guaranteed starter. But other than that, I think Tuchel doesn't fancy any of them. And the easy option the plan... this year was to bulk out defence to kind of cover it. You can see the plan, TC, where we did, we did know that the, a bit of a plan for Chelsea was to move Jorginho to Juventus. Um, because can him and Canty are out of contract next summer, they're not going to hang deals to both of them, if either. So you could see you could see why that plan was there. Let's move Jorginho on, let's bring another one in. Obviously, Arthur went later on, but Rabio stayed, which I think was the main obstacle to Jorginho um going. So yeah, more good player for Man United. Oh, there. what a shame. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it's a really interesting one. You could see, and but they just had they didn't need major surgery, but they did need every position covering, didn't the Chelsea? So it was tough. But yeah, the midfield didn't get done, and the right wing didn't get done, as we'll talk about. But yeah, it's in, it's Chelsea is still so interesting, aren't it, Toby? But yeah, the, I, I can I can see why they did the defense, though, because last year, as we said, when they lost James and Chilwell, the whole season went to went to pot, and they, they were still in contention for the title in December. They were well in contention. Yeah, uh, things do seem a bit different. I have my doubts about Chelsea. I know that uh, other people might as well. Sometimes Chelsea fans shout at me for having these doubts about them, uh, but we'll we'll see. Uh, on the agenda today, Chelsea were going to be in the middle of the agenda, but since we're talking about them, I'll, I'll move it around because, okay. uh, as you mentioned, Graham, uh, last week did a piece on Reese James and Mason Mount new deals. The Reese James deal has since been confirmed. Long-term, good business for Chelsea. I know that myself, I feel like he's England's best right back. I don't know whether that debate... I think he's the best right-back in the world. You can't go far wrong, to be honest with that. Yeah. If, if you disagree, for, let us know. Unfortunately for Trent. And to be fair, Gareth Southgate, I'm not his biggest fan. As you know, as a manager, legendary player, as we can see in the background, player I love. But he, to be fair to Gareth, he saw this from the outset. A lot of he was getting some major stick, wasn't he? Like two years ago about Trent and stuff. But he he's always preferred Rhys James. So fair play to Gareth. He spotted this early. And like you say, Reese James has been tied down. So how long has this one been in the works, Graham? This is smart 
efficient, good, strong business from Chelsea. Because as you say, he's uh, one of, if not yeah. the best in his position in the world. Yeah, um, him and Mason Mount, um, it was one of the first things on the agenda for Tom Burley. They'd already talking about it. And they just said to the pair of them, listen, as soon as the window shuts, um, we'll sort this out. And yeah, literally, there wasn't much talking to be done with Reese James. Uh, five plus one, six-year deal. Uh, Mason Mount's deal will be very similar when you stand it starting around £250,000 a week. But by the time it gets to the end, it'll be well over three hundred and fifty, even four hundred. So uh, Mason Mount should follow very soon. Um, and yeah, the tying down the big talents. Um, it's something they're recognising again. And so, yeah, fair play to Chelsea. Um, and, and, you know, everyone says, oh, it's really easy to do this. Well, it's not, you know. Ask our friend Harry and Sacco. That's not done yet. Mm, yeah. Uh, good good business for Chelsea, Toby. Uh, we Obviously, Graham's mentioned Mason Mount there. Uh, we know how important homegrown talent is nowadays. Chelsea fans quite frustrated that they've actually let go a lot of homegrown talent over the last few years. But these two are mainstays in this squad. I think the one thing with Mason Mount is that he needs to now have a defined position. When I was talking about Chelsea five minutes ago, I don't include Mount in that midfield conversation because he's been playing further forward. But I guess he's going to come back into that kind of midfield three and that's probably his best role. And he is going to be fundamental for Chelsea going forward. I think he has got everything, along with Rhys James, who I think probably is the best right back in the world, isn't he? I'm sitting here for the last 30 seconds trying to think of someone better. If, if you're listening to this and you disagree, uh, let us know at underscore Scott Saunders, at Graham Bailey, or at Toby underscore Cudworth. And don't torrent abuse, but, um, you know, I, I realise these debates are quite heated quite often. I know that the trend is... But none of, us che- none of us are Chelsea fans. We have no affiliation to Chelsea, do we? Oh, so for us to say that, it's like, well... It is any, any shouts for Aaron Wan-Bissaka? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to throw Dallo in there, you know? Yeah, he's been all right last last few weeks. Uh, but yes, uh, Mount to follow as we expect. And as Graham has just mentioned there, Chelsea have uh, some business to take care of, a bit of restructuring to do and you know solidifying because they've done a lot of business this year things are all a bit up in the air so it's about time now that they start uh planning for the future properly and getting the foundations in place what about the goalkeeper position graham because uh mendy is not he's been a little bit shaky of late and was a little bit lucky against west ham he's let some mistakes go by in the last few months as well I've even seen Chelsea fans say Kepa deserves a run. Yeah, I don't agree with that necessarily. But Mendy, you know, he was he was lucky at the weekend. But yeah, he some say he was lucky. I thought he did his job great. He won he won that free kick. That's why I thought he did his job brilliant. Look, to, I know Toby after yeah. Toby is not amused if you're listening. Mendy's just gone on Toby's list massively, um, as well as the VR man. Um, yeah, so he signed his deal when he first came in the club, and there's been talks going on all year, from what we believe, but not not the same progress as what we've seen with Reese James and Mason Mount. And it wasn't that long ago where there was people pushing Mendy forward for the Ballon d'Or. I remember in conversations, yeah. So I think on the back of that, his agents were clever, saying, "Well, if people think he's the best keeper in the world, he should be getting a new deal." That hasn't come to pass, and now, you know, it's like a role, you know. It's like a roller coaster, isn't it? The former people and people's attitudes to people, to different positions. And yeah, he's um doesn't seem flavour of the month with some at Chelsea. So yeah. The deal isn't is on the table still, the talking, 
I expect them to do an extension with him, but I'm not sure it'll be done this year. See how he, that plays out. He was at fault. Not at fault for the first goal for West Ham, but he should have done better. The thing he's proved susceptible to is crosses, which is weird for someone who's six foot three, six foot four. He's a bit of a flapper. Um, and he should have done a hell of a lot better in fisting the header away from goal, which led to West Ham's opener. And he got extremely lucky um, with the foul, which I'm not going to go into. And he made that mistake against Leeds. Don't forget where he gifted a goal. Um, he also so made he... one in the back end of last season as well, didn't he? That, yeah, he's been very so. And he does have to, you know, guys. Got he's got two years left on his current deal, we believe. And the thing is, what we've got to remember, he came in from um, was it Ren that he came at Ren. the time, yeah. And he came in almost as number two. So in terms of salary structure, he's well down, well, well down the pecking order. Even in Premier League terms, you know, I, I think Dean Henson's probably on twice the money that he is. So he will be looking at it, and thinking he is due an uptake, and on those levels, he probably is. Do you know the thing I forget about Mendy as well is how old he is. And how yeah. much of a late bloomer he was getting to the top level. He's already 30. And I'm not saying that Chelsea won't reward him with a long-term deal because of that. But I always keep, think... Keep us a bit more, though, don't you? If you I think you could... You, could they think, Toby, you could hand him a five-year deal and still think he's top level, top class at 35. It's not as big an issue, is it, as centre-forwards, I guess? No, but I don't think that he's necessarily that top, top, top level that Chelsea would want in a goalkeeper. So they might keep him for another two years... But age 32, would there be another keeper who's probably got more? Selena, for example, who's coming in. He's yeah. tipped out and a big pro- future. And, and let's not forget the Kep Kepper as well, guys, who um, I haven't looked into his contract situation. But what, is he still a world record goalkeeper? To the best Three? of my knowledge. Think yeah. so. and, he's got, and he's got a contract to go with it. So ideally, Chelsea would probably love to swap these two contracts over. They're paying the wrong man the most money in goal. <laughs> But hence, hence why they haven't been able to get rid of Kepper is because this huge contract he's on. Um, Toby, uh, you mentioned there, and this is something that always makes me laugh. Top, top, top. How yeah. many tops would you put before men uh, describing Mendy? Uh, probably just one. I mean, how many tops is top, 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 top? So a, so a team who wants to compete for the Champions League and for the league honours, I would put three tops in that before you say they're at sufficient level. Where where was he guys out of interest in Welcome to World Class, Mendy? He was in there, I think. He uh, was. He was fourth or fifth, I think. In the world. Weird Based himself. on his performance. Yeah. So he's probably he probably is due with you can probably see where he's coming from. Yeah. Um yeah. as a player. Welcome to World Class. I've been thinking I was thinking about that this morning actually. Uh that's a series where we try and decipher who the world class player in the world world class players are in the world. Uh, the top, I think top, it should top be, players. It should, yeah, it should be changed to top, top, top player. I think it needs yeah, changing. Yeah, I'm thinking totally. there's a, there's another series to be done there. <laughs> We're going to do it at the end of this season. Uh, but So keep an eye out for that. Maybe uh, a few months down the line. But Chelsea have some business to do. Uh, contracts to tie up. Uh, new players Tuchel, to sign. Tom, we talked about Thomas. And Thomas Tuchel is one of those as well. We'll come back on that. I think there's stuff bubbling up on Tuchel's contract as well. So that's something we'll be tackling in the next few months. I know that was my tip uh, that I didn't think all would go well at Chelsea and some some managerial change would happen at some point this season. Although it would seem a bit weird of Chelsea to sign all Tuchel's players, all defenders pretty much, <laughs> and then sack him off. Anyway, uh, let's move on because we're going to keep these shows a little bit uh, more succinct and a little bit shorter over the next few weeks. Let's talk Gavi, Graham, because uh, he is a Barcelona player who is 
been exposed to the first team at a very young age, very highly rated alongside Pedri. Not sure who do you which which one of the two do you think is is the higher ceiling? Gavi for me. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I, I, th- I think to be fair, they're not literally the new the new uh, Xavi and Iniesta, but uh, who always caused the argument, didn't they? You're either an Iniesta man or a Xavi man. I think he still do the same. And as we said on the show before, it, it just it beggars belief. And 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 this is the story we're going to talk about the way Barcelona have gone after um, Bernardo Silva, the way they're talking uh, Frankie De Jong, etc., and the sign Kessie as well and stuff. Pedri and Gavi should be the looking after them two should be the priority of this football club. They could be the heart of this club for years to come. And Pedri has signed his new deal, long term, billion pound buyout. And and yeah, the story we're talking about is Gavi still hasn't signed his new long term deal. He was due he turned 18 at the start of August, August 5th. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did a story, I think it was on April Easter time, that the Premier League clubs were sniffing around him. And at that time, Gavi's representatives made it clear, you know. Um, thanks for the interest. He's staying at Barca. He's agreed. He, he's not looking to move. Things have changed a little bit over the course of this summer. Gavi, not he's become a bit unsettled. He hasn't been happy with some of the things he's seen, especially the Bernardo Silva links. He hasn't been happy with. And as it stands, this deal isn't signed yet. Ivan Della Pena, remember him, fantastic um, former midfielder. He's his agent, and there has been talks going on with clubs on the outside. Um, our understanding, Manchester City, Manchester United, Chelsea, Liverpool, have all held conversations, conversations with intermediaries to gauge the situation, as you would expect. You'd want your clubs to be doing that. Bayern Munich as well, which has been publicised, but also Paris Saint-Germain, Juventus. Basically, all making it known, saying, listen, if Gavi does want to change the scenery when he was only 18, you're more than welcome to come here. But the interesting point with Gavi is he's out of contract in less than 12 months. So Barcelona, really, it's just they've got a few months now to get this get this going. They're still confident they'll stay. I think he'll stay, but they put them they get themselves into a saga here. They didn't need to, you know. They've Gavi's seen all these deals go to Lewandowski, Dembele, uh, Rafinha. You know, Gavi should have been the first one on this list to get done. But does this surprise us, guys, in any way, shape, or form with Barcelona? No. Um, yeah, although they are confident, there's a little bit of worry in the background there, and I think they've got every right to be because this deal should have been done when he t- when he turned eighteen, which um, over a month ago now. Yeah, uh, obviously we know that Frankie De Jong. We're not going to talk about him in too much depth today, but he's been put in place in the Barcelona midfield. I think the the favoured trio started in their last game as well. I did check it. I think it was Busquets, Pedri, and Gavi. Uh, with De Jong on the bench. But as you say there, Graham, uh, not all tied up yet. Toby, and come back to you on the Pedri-Gavi thing. Who's, who's your... Pedri who's your for pick? me, um, but I'm basing that solely on that year where he was incredible, played every game under the sun for Barcelona and Spain. And then because of that year, had injuries last year. And I think his stock has dropped in people's minds or people are forgetting how outstanding he was in that year. But as Graham says, I think Barcelona have got the potential here to have two players who could get to Xavi and Iniesta levels. Um, their priority should be tying both down. As Graham said, Pedri's done. Gavi should be the next one. But for me, Pedri is the hottest young midfielder in world football. Um, and he'll prove it again this season. No Jude Bellingham, Toby? 
I just, I'd did, probably did not, say. Did you not see Randy McCree's performance for Middlesbrough last night? I'm, afra- I'm afraid I missed it, mate. I left that one to you. And uh, Jude Bellingham, I would say yes if he wasn't playing in the Bundesliga. Mm-hmm. We'll see. He'll be playing Champions League, though, as will Barcelona. Uh, we talked about Frankie de Jong there. He's obviously down the pecking order. Barcelona have signed Frank Kessie as well. They have Busquets, they have Pedri, they have those options in central midfield. And Graham, you talked about Bernardo Silva and we reported on uh, Barcelona's interest in him and Man City's resistance to selling him uh, throughout the summer. Obviously, Frankie de Jong's looking at that as well and thinking that's another obstacle in my way because he's not in the first choice three. Uh, I kind of understand this in a way from Barcelona if they want somebody like Bernardo Silva and his qualities. Gavi is still 18. Can you play an 18-year-old every single week and make him first choice at that age? Or is that the right way to go about it? Does he need to be brought in and out a little bit? Uh, What's the latest on Bernardo, Graham? Because as we understand it, I'm guessing that this one isn't going away, is it? No, it it really isn't. And our understanding is that Bernardo's made it clear to City that he does want to join Barcelona um, next summer. Barcelona still want him. It hasn't gone down very well this with City at all, you know. Um, they were never going to let him go. But Silva's um, agents, Barcelona, they did try their best in this window. Heaven, heaven knows how they would have financed it. Um, you know, beans in the ground, beanstalks and stuff from the park probably. But it... it it's fascinating this, and and yet yeah, I, I know from inside City they're not happy with this because it, you know, this is it's been the one real negative, you know. It, it's strange to say, isn't it? Even though they've lost Sterling this window, they've lost Gabriel Jesus. This silver one, even though he stayed, this was a real negative in this window for them. It was a real outlier, I thought. It was really unusual, but then it did emphasise how strong City are, and and I think they've. They've made it clear, you know, they probably won't stand in his way because they won't put up with this sort of behaviour and they know they can bring in someone just as good. And it's a really interesting one. Yeah, but I, I say so, I think in terms of PR, Bernardo's people um, won't let this lie and we'll, we'll probably hear quite regularly that he's heading for Catalonia until he does head there next summer. They might know, even, I, and I, w- I wouldn't rule out them trying in January, Scott. Yeah, after the World Cup as well. Yeah. Uh, Barcelona... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Able to pull things off that most didn't think were possible do you know i've just got i look at Lionel messi at psg and i think the think of the way that that ended up falling out with barcelona i, I think that one's gonna this is pure speculation on my part yeah. by the way I'd, you know but i think that I is say, something but, that they all try and put right next year the, the thing is with them you can't say oh they've got rafinha dembele depay still there's no room for him that doesn't come into the equation for barcelona the there's no room for Bernardo Silva, but hey, that, that doesn't stop them. So there's no logic to, to a lot of this window anymore. And so you're quite right, Scott. I think that could easily come. I think I think you could see all three of them, Neymar, but the, the, all three of them in the next 12 months will be linked to Barcelona. <laughs> Classic Barcelona with Lewandowski through the middle until uh, the wheels fall off there. But he's doing quite well, uh, isn't he? Uh, let's. Anything you want to touch on there, Toby, or should we move on to... Uh, the flavour of the weekend, Man United. I just agree. I think Barcelona are just going to go back to that messy ship in 12 months' time. I can fully see that happening. And poor Rafinha, doesn't matter if he's 26, 27 years old and entering his prime, he will be benched along with half of Barcelona's other summer signings this year. Um, Andres Christensen and Frank Kessie are the two I'm thinking of. The free transfers who are barely going to play and then Barca will sell them to get a load of profit in 12, 18 months. Rafinha, will he, make, will, he, will he make that Brazilian World Cup squad? Though That's going to be the interesting one, with, especially with his rival making the move to United. Lovely lead-in, Graham, because uh, I did want to talk about Anthony. Now, we, we reported uh, why Anthony was pushing so hard for this move. He ended up at Man United, confirmed. God, was that last week it was confirmed? It seems, it seems like ages ago, but it was... <laughs> Uh, 100 million euros, uh, 95 plus five, I believe, made his debut against Arsenal. Lovely flicks and tricks, uh, mm. but there is also a little bit of metal to him as well. And a goal uh, on his debut. Uh, Toby, what did you make of him? Because it, was, it wasn't the best debut in the world. No. But he made an impact. Yeah, he did the one thing that a lot of United debutants have actually done in recent years scored on his debut and I think he just made a positive impression overall. You buy yourself six months when you do that. When you when you got a forward yeah, you do, don't you? on his debut, you do. Yeah. it's the best thing in the world, isn't it? It really is the best thing when when a forward scores, he's he's got freelancing still what he wants for six months now, really. I was gonna say he's earned a lot of goodwill from that debut and it will reflect positively on Eric Ten Hag as well because people will remember that debut for a couple of months to come. So even if Anthony needs a little bit of a, a settling in period, um he's done himself the world of good with that performance and I just think for United they're going to look so much more balanced having a left footer on the right wing just adds a different dynamic to the attack that they've not had and it could help Marcus Rashford and Jaden Sancho and those playing around him 
to actually benefit because they might be a little bit more defined in their roles and responsibilities and what they're actually trying to do. And that's the thing about a new signing. It's not just about them. It's about how they make the players around them better. And I think Anthony will do that. I think there's an argument to be had. I know he's adjusting to a new league and a new uh, opposition, new teammates, but he was thrown straight in straight away. And I understand why, because Casemiro can't get in yet, (laughs) but he doesn't know the process and the methods. And Eric Ten Hag obviously has worked with Anthony for a couple of years. And I've said this, I said this on Twitter and I said it on a few podcasts as well. I don't, the fact that he knew to hold his position, I've seen other Man United right wingers in that position or maybe not in that perfect position have chances like that and not take them. The fact that he was able to open his body up and put it in the opposite corner. Think of Anthony Langer in that situation. I don't Do we know, does, does he speak Dutch, Scott? Do we know, does Anthony speak Dutch? Is that so, can Ten Hag communicate directly with him? Do we know that? Or? I, I, wonder, know. I was wondering whether, is, I bet Casemiro is helping out massively in that regard yeah. in the changing room. And well, obviously to hear as well. However they communicate, it has been working. I feel yeah. like uh, Anthony, though not completely sharp, he did say in his post-match he was lacking a bit of power uh, because he'd taken a lot of days off training during the transfer process. But uh, he which, which, made got, which got him his transfer, yeah. He had those yeah. days off, he might not have got Going on strike and all this <laughs> kind of business. But uh, yeah. And that, was... say that, that's one we need to talk about as well. That, that he's, he's Obviously, Edson Alvarez followed him soon after. You know, a lot of these going on strike things. I think we're going to see a lot more of that coming up because it, it worked with Anthony. What was a week left of the window? So it's set a dangerous precedent, that. Yeah, it really has. Poor Ajax raking in all that money. Not know too much money. Don't know what to do with it. Poor, <laughs> poor Ajax. Uh, but I was I was very pleased with Anthony, even though he. Uh, I, I I really quite like the. He did five celebrations. <laughs> He was jeered by the Arsenal fans because I, I was sat in the press box quite close to the Arsenal fans. He was jeered by them in the build-up to that game, in, in the build-up mm. to that goal. Passed the ball backwards, went back to De Gea, and then they built back up and he ended up scoring. Uh, he's got that bit of attitude about him, Graham. Mm. I, I do, yeah. I do. I think I think a lot of uh, this game raised a lot of question marks about Arsenal. They really do. Um, but was, was Granit Xhaka on the pitch at that point, Scott? I believe so, yeah. What what's the point in playing Grant Zaka if he's not going to kick Anthony at that point? What what's he doing on the pitch? Grant Zaka can't do many things. One thing he can do well is kick people, and and you know after he did them step overs, he should his number one thing should have been to make sure that he wasn't going to do that again. Um, so I was disappointed in um, Grant Zaka not not taking him out after that. For me, it was a little bit of a throwback between. Uh, <laughs> I knew Harry would pop up in the comments. Harry's sitting sitting behind <laughs> uh, sitting behind this throwing. Uh, you know, messages into the group chat about Xhaka versus McTominay. He's not McTominay. You might have seen Harry's actually gone quite viral on TikTok saying Scott McTominay gets away with murder along those lines. Uh, go and check that out if you don't follow Harry on TikTok. If you if you use TikTok, that is. Uh, but yes, let's... Uh, Anthony, I was quite happy with. Marcus Rashford was... No, I was going to make another point. Sorry. It, it, it was a bit of a throwback between... Uh, Man United Arsenal games of the past after that Arsenal success you know they had all they used to play the football the ideal way had all the ball looked quite dangerous but in the end got sucker punched by a team who were willing to just kick them and run through them and exploit them on the break uh, was this as one-sided as as it's been made out Toby? Uh, in Arsenal's favour? No I don't think so I think United had a game plan and they knew what they wanted to allow Arsenal to do and I think Arsenal got their 
their tactics wrong a little bit. I think, Graham, we've already spoken about this, about how they tried to use Gabriel Jesus on that afternoon and he was coming short. And that was exactly what Lissandro Martinez would have wanted. It played <laughs> yeah. into his hands perfectly. Um, but United, they're starting to show a bit of an identity. And Christian Eriksen, who I said many transfer podcasts ago, would be a good smart signing for United because he adds a little bit of creativity to the midfield and he can play the passes that others can't. That first goal, his ball to Bruno Fernandes, looks simple, but it bypassed what, 20, 25 yards, cut Arsenal to ribbons and it led to the opening goal. And I think it's doing United a bit of a disservice, to be honest, to say that Arsenal should have got a result or they deserve to get a result. I think United had an element of control in that performance throughout. And um, they're not the finished article yet, but there are promising signs for United to build on. And Anthony will add balance, as I've already said, and that's the one thing that United needed in their forward line was a bit of balance. Speaking of not finished articles, uh, I'll go back to Marcus Rashford. 25 now, I believe. Uh, he he tried to... United tried to play with him with his back to goal and he wasn't really succeeding at that. Did uh, play a part in the, in the first goal for Anthony, getting the assist, but then did get uh, the opportunities in behind. Graham, uh, Steve, this is a Steve McLaren thing. Is this right? Playing Marcus Rashford through the middle? Yeah, well, well, we said back in May we did a we did a piece on it, Scott, about how how much of a fan he is. You know, um, if you look back to comments by McLaren before he he had been joined United, he was he was critical of Rashford as well as being a huge fan. You know, that's not opposite positions. You know, he he you could sense that he knew what a player there was inside, and I think that's one of the reasons he agreed to go to United. He was loving to get his hands on on some of this talent. And Rashford was one of them where, yeah, Steve McLaren, from what I'm told, firmly believes he can play up front. And and I get what you're saying about back to it, but I see Rashford, you know, in terms of what we've seen from Haaland, where if you've got someone as quick as him, play off the last, play off just an old-fashioned play off the shoulder, put it through to him. You've got mm. Eriksen Fernandes who can play them passes. Casemiro even. So, you know, just, just put Rashford on the slowest defender and run at them. Put the ball over the top, fierce pace. And he's quite good in the air. I think there's so much to work with. Um, and, you know, I'm going to come back to all these going to talk share. Rashford's career has stagnated for two years, which was United's fault because they appointed an inept coach who wasn't good enough to improve Marcus Rashford. Um, hopefully that coach is there. Now it looks it looks if you have as if they have that backroom staff to do it. And you know, I think you could see a massive upturn in Rashford's form. His confidence is clearly there. And as we were talking in, um, before the show, guys, I, Marcus Rashford has played himself at a World Cup contention, which six weeks ago, if we'd said that on the show... Even three blindly. weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, you know, so... Um, and he's got everything, you know. He, I don't I don't buy this 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 stuff of playing with back to goal. He can score, he's got thunderous pace, and he needs to work on his heading, but he's got everything there. I, I You know, he, he's never going to be a Haaland. But hey, there's a, there's, there's a top-class striker in there, I believe. And I've always thought that about Rashford. And I would just let them three go now if I was United and Ten Hag. You know, you've got Ronaldo as backup, but Sancho, Rashford, Anthony, just play them all season. Just play them all season. Let them get to know each other. The understanding them three could get, as, as we've always said about Anthony, the ceiling. But with those three, Scott, I think the ceiling for those three is, could be amazing. I actually think that they're missing Anthony Martial. Sorry, Graham. Well, I, think, I think they're missing that option. 
Obviously, what? What? A flouncing French. He's, he's, he's a better player yes. with his back to goal, and he can run in behind as well. We'll see. I think he oh. would. I think he would have started on on Sunday. He would have if uh, if he was fit, but he's obviously not. He's just moment. not as good. Marshall is just. He's just. He just isn't that player. I, you know, I just don't. I think you want someone. He clearly doesn't want to be at the club. He said that last year. He went to Seville and failed miserably. Massive reason behind Seville. Do you not dropping. think that context has changed though? You, unless he's he played Rashford in against no, Liverpool. Unless he's first choice, Marshall, I don't think he wants to stay. I think he is, personally. Uh, we'll see, anyway. Uh, I, th- I think both Rashford and Martial are going to benefit from Ten Hag's style of football, the identity, mm-hmm. and the forward passing lanes. That vertical Ericsson Fernandez releasing them in behind is something that United have been afraid to do under previous managers. Mm-hmm. Just adds a different dynamic to the attack. I wouldn't mind seeing Marshall further out. I think he's got a little bit more to offer from that wide. I think. He's arguably a cleverer footballer than Rashford, so I, he could actually play football from out wide and do a bit more. And I, I could see him play. I could see him do that because obviously Sancho and Anthony aren't going to play every game. Mm. So, but I think I like to see Marshall out wide more than Rashford. Options at least. Uh, we've done longer on Man United than uh, I was anticipating. But on on England, just one more thing before we move on to the final section. England don't ha- actually have, unless I can't think of this. Maybe it's not coming to to me now. They don't have a player like Rashford, really, who offers that searing pace, who can play on the shoulder. No, not not you argue not, but he does play Sterling in that role a lot. So, but then it gives you Sterling an option to out wide. So, I would think he's the only one Syrian player who plays in in the number nine role. Um, hmm. Whether he suits that or not, yeah. But I say his nearest rivals at the moment for if we are think, thinking centre forwards. Um, Abraham Wilson, obviously Ivan Tony, very much on the scene, but yeah, none of them have that pace like Rashford's got, certainly. Let's uh, final section of the show. Unfortunately, no irons in the fire today, Toby. Uh, not no needed in the fire. We'll, we'll no talk iron. instead about a, a club who have signed 21 players, Nottingham Forest. Uh, I looked at the result the other day from 2 0 against Bournemouth to losing, and I thought. Uh oh, that's damaging. That's potentially quite, quite a tough one to take. Twenty-one player is is twenty-one a record in the Premier League? It must be. It has it's to be. It's worth surely. looking into. I guess it depends if you include youth players stuff. But that's for because that's first team players. It should be emphasised as first team players. And I, I know the Costa Rican guy. He was loaned back, but I think they could argue that he's not a first teamer. But still, twenty at the very least. Graham. What the hell are they going to do with all these players? Yeah, so we saw Josh Bowler, um, very good player from Blackpool, who um, I must admit, um, I was surprised that they still went for him. Um, not that he's not good enough, just to, to got the amount of players that got in those positions. And he moved, they moved him on to Olympiacos, a sister club um, of Forest, um, similar to Watford, Udinese, etc., Brighton and Union in Belgium. But they're not, as, as Toby, you said to me, they're not being as... Um, clandestine with these things that it's not in secret it's very much put out there yeah. um the korean striker who went there as well so they've sent two there and my understanding is yeah they are looking at the possibility of sending a few more players out there um and that's possible because the greek window uh, it. yes it's got another few days to go so i think this week in train so if, yeah turkey and greece two main ones i think russia as well but not many people going there at the moment um so yeah the this week will be crucial for some of these Forest players because some of them could be heading to Athens for 
for the season, which, you know, I, I wonder whether they ask for, ask for volunteers because it's a, you can either spend the next 12 months on the bench next to the trend, so you could spend it in Athens. So I imagine a few of these guys might volunteer for it, but we'll see. I expect at least another couple um, possibly to go on loan to Olympiacos in the next um, week or so. I'm just looking at their squad as we talk. So they've got 29 players who are in their first team squad. Um, I don't think any of them qualify for being 21 or under. So they'd need oh, so to be they had, registered. They, they, they haven't got many young players. Like, and there's not many homegrown. There's only probably Yates homegrown, is there? Uh, Yates, Omar Richards probably qualifies because of his time at Reading. They have got O'Brien, Toffolo, Lingard, Gibbs-White. So there is a good English nucleus there, but they're not going to be able to register them all. 25 players out of that 29, four are going to have to go. And the only one who stands out as obviously not being in their first team plans is Lyle Taylor. The, the rest are either players who are still playing who came up or they're the new signings. Yeah, he was surprised Lyle Taylor didn't get his move to the championship. I know a few clubs were in for him. But yeah, he could be a candidate to go out um, um, somewhere. I'd imagine, as you say, Toby, then maybe another two or three might be ideal to go out to Olympiacos. And we'll see. You know, they've got. What three three left backs, three right backs? They've got a staggering amount of cover now. Um, we'll see, and hopefully, yeah. And I think hopefully the amount of strikers they've got in now. They didn't get Mitchy Batswai, who for the love of me, I can't. You've got Dennis or Win Me, um, who do strikers. Well, although I I think Scott, I think he's from what I've seen from him last season. He's just not a centre forward. He's absolutely yeah, that's, wasted. That's, I'm he's not wasted sure. in yeah. that role. He is not. I saw him on the opening day at Newcastle. And he didn't do anything. But I thought, whenever I've seen him play well, has always been on the right hand side, Scott. I've never seen mm-hmm. him play through the middle. And and I'm thinking, you've just paid a win me seventy million for him, something like that. Why are you playing Brendan Johnson through the middle? Um, it, it made little sense to me. Yeah, I can't. I'm not sure entirely where he's going. And you would think with Nico, will Nico Williams and Johnson? I think would be a. The understand they've already got. You would think would be a brilliant right hand side. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. We'll see who does leave Nottingham Forest because, uh, as I mentioned, I, I double-checked this, but it is the 15th of September that the Greek transfer window closes. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. There's still plenty no, guys, of I still th- I'm, 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 The Premier League in England should extend their own window to the end of October. They've already got every advantage in the world. Why Why should we close the same time as Europe? Just to extend the end of October. Just, and then there's the less managers would love that. But then there's less arguments about people having... Um, cause I saw some people mourning that United and Chelsea are throwing so much money at the end of the window, but it's the whole of the Premier League doing it. So the Premier League isn't disadvantaged. It's not United getting advantage because they signed Anthony, because then you've got Southampton doing all their signs. You've got Forest doing all those. I, I think I like the Premier League domination. I think it should continue and we should gain extra advantage by extending our window. Extend the gap even further until exactly. uh, later in the Champions League season, where Man City inevitably get knocked out by Real Madrid. Liverpool falter to another team. You have to be Chelsea, here, Scott. Yes, that's true. Uh, we'll be we'll be back next season somehow. Europa League, fingers crossed. We'll see, but uh, yeah, the we'll be how back. is our United bet doing, Scott? How is our United bet? I haven't oh, looked at the table. Actually, I haven't, I haven't checked. Am I am I winning I th- that? I think mm-hmm. Scott is winning now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He has to let me down now. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we won't come back to that for a while. No, no. Let me let me just double check. <laughs> United. It's, it's, not, clo- it's not close. It's not close. Five, five points ahead of Newcastle. Four points ahead of Leeds. 
many West Ham eighteen. That's a remarkable <laughs> turnaround. You five five today when you think about it. Last time we brought us up, Newcastle were ahead of you. Yeah. And it's been a remarkable turnaround to be fair to Eric Ten Hag. We'll leave on that note, I think. Graham's just been nice to Eric Ten Hag. So uh we'll, we'll depart I said, there. I like Ten Hag. If I said didn't I and you the greatest guy. I've always said if it if you back Ten Hag, you have to get his players in. And they have done that with Anthony and, and Martinez, mm-hmm. who still is the most overrated cr- player in European football. But hey. There's Andrew Martinez. Yeah. He's overrated. Pre- he's proving a lot of people wrong. He's I know not a well, long way to he's, go. He's, but... He is not a well, six million. I'm five for ten. He's not a six million sixty million pound defender. I think he's a good he'll be a good Premier League defender, Scott. But he's not a sixty million pound defender. Morgan Gibbs White is not a forty-five million pound player. Either. He is more so than Martinez is a sixty million pound defender. Morgan Gibbs White will play for England. If teams keep playing, is, short, is Martinez? Is Martinez Scott. plays for Argentina. Is, is it, what next to Otamendi? I, I was if, no, if ne- you get, next to Romero. If he could get an Otamendi, I was thinking if he could become an Otamendi. I don't think that would be a bad result though, Scott. Would it? If he could become like an Otamendi, similar size. I'm, I'm not going to answer that. I didn't rate Otamendi. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I've got a, I've got a wrap up. We've been going longer than I anticipated. Uh, thanks, thanks both uh, Graham at Graham Bailey, Toby at Toby underscore Cudworth, Scott at underscore Scott Saunders on Twitter. Give us all a follow. Get in touch with us. Uh, let us know about uh, your opinions on anything we talked about today. Who's better, Gavi or Pedri? Is Reese James the best right back in the world? As Graham said. Uh, can Marcus Rashford play through the middle? Is Anthony worth the money? Is Lazandro Martinez the most overrated defender or o- most overrated player in the world? All I've heard is negativity around Martinez, so I'm not, not sure how he's overrated. Anyway, uh, yes, please subscribe on all your major podcast platforms, and uh, we'll be back next week. Might be taking a few different paths. We might get some extra guests on in the next few weeks, talk about future transfers, talk about things that haven't happened yet, things that might happen and we'll also throw in a bit of football chat about what's happening at the weekend as well. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. This has been Talking Transfers. Until next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.